Welcome to Better Beware. Here's your consumer watchdog from WFHB Community Radio with the latest information and helpful hints designed to keep your head out of the clouds, your feet on the ground, and your money in your pocket. These days, modern communications on the Internet have opened the floodgates for sneaky fraudsters all over the world and turned all of us into targets for swindlers who can broadcast their temptations like a guy throwing bucketfuls of seeds around, needing only a couple of them to fall on fertile ground to harvest a rich take. But even in olden days, when targets had to be chosen one by one, some people worked con games that are real believe-it-or-nots. Today, here's a gallery of some of those legendary rogues. Way back in the 1750s, a fellow named Tom Bell roamed the American colonies posing as a gentleman. When he made wealthy acquaintances, he'd gain entrance to their homes and steal whatever wasn't nailed down, including the clothes for his next imposture. He was caught more than once and actually became famous. So he settled down in Virginia, proclaimed himself reformed, and collected advance subscriptions for a book of his memoirs, which he never wrote. Samuel Williams was a mid-nineteenth-century New Yorker who would strike up a conversation with affluent strangers, gain their confidence, and persuade them to loan him money or let him borrow their watch, and then walk away and disappear. His eventual trial inspired Herman Melville's last novel, which added the word confidence game or con game to the language. Then there's Bunko. It's a game. Players roll dice and get points for certain combinations. There's no skill involved, just pure luck. It's recently had a revival. You can find the rules online and even buy a boxed kit from Walmart. But it gave our language another word for con artists, bunco artists, because of people like Hungry Joe Lewis, who worked upper-class circles in the late 1800s. He swindled the wealthy and famous, including Oscar Wilde and the son of John Quincy Adams, into making bets on the game, which they lost when Hungry Joe deftly inserted his own galloping dominoes, until he got caught in 1885 and jugged for four years. And we can't forget the Brooklyn Bridge. It was one of the wonders of the world when it was completed in 1883, and you can still cross it today if you have any reason to go to Flatbush, but when it was brand new, a 20-year-old named George C. Parker started posing as the toll-taker for the bridge. He would buttonhole an admiring tourist and talk him into buying the bridge so he could keep the tolls for himself. For prices ranging from 50 bucks to 50000 It worked so well that he also sold Madison Square Garden, Grant's Tomb, the Metropolitan Museum of Art, and the Statue of Liberty over and over again until he was finally caught in 1928 and sent to Sing Sing Prison, where he died in 1937. Never give a sucker an even break or smarten up a chump. Thank you, Bill. I'm Richard Fish for WFHB News and Public Affairs. Better Beware comes to you from WFHB Bloomington, Indiana. Find all our episodes at wfhb.org. If you can help put the kibosh on a con, email beware at wfhb.org. Remember, swindlers never give a sucker an even break. Mm-hmm.